We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. For several years now, I've been helping schools implement trauma-informed strategies in their schools. Now, as students are starting to come back to school, the need for this is greater than ever. Here's the thing. I'm not a social worker, and I don't pretend to be. So my training really focuses on practical strategies that you can implement in your school without making your teachers feel like they have to be social workers also. I help schools implement trauma-informed strategies so that fewer discipline referrals, fewer dysregulated students, and a calmer, more focused atmosphere. And the best thing is, this training aligns perfectly with ESSER funding, so you don't have to take it out of your school budget. My clients report that they have better sense of how to help their students without adding another thing to their plate. Go to jethrojones.com slash trauma to read more about it, and let's schedule a chat. That's jethrojones.com slash trauma. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have today on the program Patricia Wilkinson. Goes by Trish. She is a science nerd and a veteran teacher who has taught all grades, kindergarten through sixth, in both public and private schools. Trish is also the mom of two kids who had challenges they now use as strengths in healthy relationships and fulfilling careers. She's the founder of Brain Stages Parenting and the co-author of Brain Stages, How to Raise Smart, Confident Kids and Have Fun Doing It. Trish shares kid-tested, research-supported techniques to educate and raise successful humans in our complicated world. Trish, welcome to Transformative Principle. Excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here because I have some really cool, fun, quick 
things that I can share that can just really start people's school years out with with a bang. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited about this. So let's let's first just jump right into one of those things. Then we'll get more into the background and stuff later. But what is one thing that principals could encourage their teachers to do that would make a huge difference this year? Well, to me, if it were my school, I would set it up so that everybody gets a big drink of water at the beginning of the school year, because I know that seems like a little thing, but getting a drink of water. So it's kind of like when kids get, when all of us get up in the morning, not just kids, we have breakfast, but when kids get up in the morning, they seldom get a big drink of water and we all wake up dehydrated just on different levels, depending on where we live. Right. So if kids can all get a big drink of water in the morning, it's kind of like if they don't, it's, their brains are working like riding a bike on flat tires. You can do it, but it doesn't work as well. Whereas when kids get a big drink of water in the morning, then their brains are all ready to go because our brains are 73% water. So if we have enough water, then everything is working right. Then neurons are firing properly. All the parts of the brain are working at their best. Does that make sense? So if they did nothing else, but make sure everybody got a big drink of water at the beginning of this, at the beginning of the day, like have some kind of campaign. Oh, and can I add, tell you one more thing to start the day? For sure. Okay. And the other thing is 10 minutes of exercise. It's so funny because I taught all these different grades and I'm a runner and I, you know, <laughs> I would run in the most mornings. And when I didn't run, the kids in my class would say, this is Wilkinson did you run this morning? And I go, what, what do, what do you mean? I, what do you mean? And they'd say, well, I don't know. You're just not as funny and, and nice as you usually are. They just go, you know, I wouldn't even notice there was a change, but boy, my kids would. And I will tell you, it's the same thing with kids with when they run or dance or play a wild game of head and shoulders, knees and toes, whatever they do for 10 minutes in the morning, it gets everything working in the brain. In fact, we recently found out that cell division even happens in the hippocampus, which is the big term, you know, which is the big shot in the brain for long-term memory and learning and applying information and even transferring information from short-term to long-term memory. So if we can have our kid, like what I used to do is we used to run or do something first thing in the morning and get a big drink of water in the morning. And I would always get these really high scores of my class. And people would say, wow, Trish, you must be such a great teacher. And well, the parents did. It, it doesn't matter. The point is, yeah, I, I know where that's would going. Get, yeah, I, I <laughs> usually would get these really high scores and people would just be like, wow, you must be amazing. And I would just laugh because I know it had more to do with my kids getting a big drink of water and exercise in the morning. Because when we would have an assembly in the morning and we wouldn't have time to do that, you know, I have, I used to have teachers tell me all the time, well, I don't have time to do that. And I would say, oh my gosh, you don't have time not to do that. I spend 15 minutes making sure my kids get a drink of water and work out for 10 minutes to get their heart rate up. And it doesn't take much time and I get such better work out of them. And they knew that because my scores are really high. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I've got what I need, you can take that information of drink a big glass of water and go exercise for 10 minutes 
and you can just implement it and you're going to see success for sure. And I'm saying that because I've seen that as well myself, that I've, when I've given kids an opportunity to exercise before we start the day, uh, one of my favorite schools, Anastasis Academy, they go on a mile long walk as a whole school every single morning. That's how they start their day intentionally to build community, to get their brains going and to be ready to take on the day. So you can stop listening if that's all you need to get out of this. That's fine. Uh, we'll appreciate that. But we're going to go into a little bit about the the brain science and why that actually works. Trish literally wrote the book on this called Brain Stages. So uh, if you would please just help us understand why exercise and water are so important to the brain. You talked a little bit about it, but give us a little more detail about that. Well, so the thing is, it's, you know, if you have a, you know what a sponge looks like when it's dry. A sponge, it's it's hard. It's, it's not malleable. It's, you know, you can use it. And if you dampen it a little bit, you can kind of clean with it, but it doesn't work really well. Whereas when you fill it with water, the way a sponge is supposed to be filled with water, then you can wipe up all kinds of messes off of your kitchen counter. And it's kind of the same way with your brain. If we give our brain enough water so that it can function properly, then the neural pathways work better. We used to think that glial cells were just, you know, the myelination around the um, neural pathways was just to protect the neurons. But it turns out the glial cells actually communicate with the electrons chemically instead of electronically. And what happens is when kids get enough water, all that communication works properly too. So whatever kids are learning are actually going into the thinking parts of their brain. And if we have them do a little exercise and drink some water in the morning, it also gets them out of the limbic system, out of the emotion centers of their brain for whatever happened that morning before they got there and gets them into relaxing movement, you know, getting their headspace out of the emotion centers, whatever they came. Cause we never know what kids, you know, what kids are coming to school with. You understand what I'm saying? Like sometimes we'll get frustrated because they're not doing their homework or they're not doing this or that or, and because we have these expectations and we have no idea what's going on at home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I found out the hard way I'd be frustrated with a kid for not doing their homework. I'd eventually call home and say, you know, what's going on with this? And a parent would say, oh, yeah, we're going through a divorce right now. And, you know, I, I had one parent one time say, tell me, yeah, my my brother, my son's uncle just just was shot recently. And he's just having, I'm like, oh, my gosh, he was just shot recently. I mean, you know, we don't know what these kids are coming to school with. So if we can get them some exercise and some water, we get their brain working right and we help them get out of those emotion centers of their brain and kind of distract them back into their frontal lobes. So it, yeah. so it's so it's not only the lubrication, but it's also, you know, they get a certain amount of endorphins. They get, you know, the positive hormones, a certain amount of dopamine when they're when they're running or you know, walking or dancing. We used to do all kinds of different things. We used to do stretching in the morning and we would review whatever math or science or history things we were working on as we were stretching. And I'd have them yell stuff out, you know, an eight-sided polygon. They'd yell octagon, you know, or or whatever we were working on at the time, depending on what grade I was teaching. 
So all it does is it causes all of these connections and allows our brains to work efficiently. Well, and you you brought up the idea of of dealing with kids who have traumatic backgrounds and recognizing that we we do so much to try to support them and help them. And this is a very simple response to get them out of their limbic brain and really start making better choices is to is to be activating their frontal lobe and not be only reacting to the emotion that they're feeling. So this is this is a great way to get them centered, let them know we're making a transition and we're going to start doing learning. Uh, those things are are little, but they're so, so important. So as kids' brains develop and they they start to to function differently as they're growing up, what are some of the things that parents or principals and teachers should know about their brains? Well, for one thing, so you know how a lot of things are found out by accident. There was a Dutch study that was done, I think it was in 2008, where they were actually studying negative feedback to try to figure out how to help children do better on tests. So if they told them, you didn't do this right, this right, this right, and this try, try this kind of thing. And what they realized was kids before they were 11 years old, nothing was lighting up on the MRI. <laughs> it turns out that kids don't really process negative feedback very well. Whereas if you say, okay, that's a really good start. Now let's see if you can do this. Bing, 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 bing. Everything lights up on the MRI. So how we talk to children, especially before they're 11 years old, when we say, oh, talk to them positively, it's not just this airy-fairy, frou-frou <laughs> kind of thing. It's kids' brains before they're 11 years old don't really process when we use negative feedback versus positive feedback and giving them the next step. And telling them the little thing, even if we can only find something teeny tiny that they did well, just point out the one teeny tiny thing they did well and say, now let's see if you can do that. And then we get so much more from them. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. Another thing, too, is, you know, we were talking about not knowing what our kids are coming in with. And another thing that's really cool that we can do as teachers too is help them with their working memory. So working memory is short-term memory, but our kids need short-term memory in order to learn things that they're learning in the class and then be able to transfer it to long-term memory, which is a hippocampus. So 
Another th- reason that movement is so important is because the caudate nucleus, which is short-term memory, is right smack next to the hippocampus, which is long-term memory. And it turns out that the caudate nucleus is not only short-term memory, it's also movement. So if we can get our kids to move and well, while they're learning anything or trying to remember anything, then it helps cement whatever it is in their brain because it helps transfer information from the short-term to long-term memory. Does that make sense? So like yeah. I used to have my kids learn to jump rope every year because there's something about that jump rope rhythm. And I didn't know why before I did all this brain study. All I knew is that when I had my kids from kindergarten all the way through sixth grade, every year I had a few kids that didn't couldn't do that rhythm of, you know, the jump, pause, jump, pause, that kind of rhythm. Once they got that rhythm, they started learning things. If they were behind in things, they started picking a lot of things up. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because one of my friends is an editor in Hollywood, and he said the thing that helped him the most become a good editor was ballroom dancing. And I said, what? That's crazy. It, that To me, that didn't make sense. Hearing you talk about this now does make sense because it, it helped him. What he says is it helps him know how to tell a story. And it also helps him know when to make changes in the edits. And if you've ever watched a movie edited by like a fifth grader versus a movie that's edited by a professional film editor, you know that there is a different way that it's done and that there's a rhythm to it, that there is uh, feeling and emotion that goes into the timing of different things. And that can all be really powerful. And I think that this example of things going into uh, long-term memory with the aid of movement is is definitely something that is that is powerful. I'm I'm thinking about kids that I've seen who have been able to remember things, not because they were intentionally moving when it happened, but that they were they were kind of bored just trying to like memorize flashcards and how if they did that while they were bouncing the ball or or doing push-ups or something like that that those things stayed connected with them and I didn't ever understand why that was uh before but that that makes a lot of sense now understanding how the brain works and I don't I don't remember what was next to the hippocampus but that other piece oh oh the caudate nucleus yeah yeah I don't know how to spell that either. So I'll have to get that from you in a minute. But that's not fair. Yeah, that's um, fine. Yeah, recognizing what that does and being able to see how that is so closely connected makes sense why it would move it to long-term storage. Now, it's it's easy to think that, you know, well, if we just had kids move all the time, then, then they'd memorize everything. At what point does it become, well, now they're too tired and now they can't remember? Or does that matter with kids who seem to have boundless energy? I think if we do it in like 10 minute increments, that's kind of optimal. But we usually have in a lot of our schedules, we'll have like 20 minutes of exercise where 20 minutes of PE, they'll say 100 minutes per week, 20 minutes a day for those five days. If you can separate those into two times instead of just having them play a game um, and you don't have to do it instead because Despite what you might think, if you're doing regular physical activity with your kids, you're actually going to get better performance out of them. But like when we used to be working for a while or I'd be teaching something for a while and I usually tried to integrate curriculum so it would make sense to teach things in context. (laughs) But the point is, is that 
sometimes I would still notice my kids, you know, their brains starting to wander. They're looking out the window or whatever. And I'd say, okay, everybody, hands down, stand up. And they would put their hands down, stand up. And then we do some kind of quick movement game, even if it was a quick game of Simon Says, and I would be, and I do it fast. And they would just do something really fast and giggle a lot. And then I'd say, okay, everybody take a deep breath and we breathe in for out for, you know, that deep yoga breath because our brains need the oxygen too. And basically what it does is it reboots their brain and gets them going again. Just like, you know, you turn off your computer, you turn it back on, a little bit of movement, a couple of deep breaths, they're ready to go again. Yeah. And that takes what, you know, 120 seconds, two minutes, and you get so much more work out of them, so much better energy and they love those breaks and they know when they're starting and they'll start, you know, they would start telling me, Mrs. Wilkinson, I mean, I need a movement break. Hmm. <laughs> and I'd say, okay, let's do it. You know, and yeah. cause it doesn't take very long and they didn't take advantage of it because, you know, they knew it worked and, you know, they knew they would feel better and start getting whatever we were doing. So, um, yeah. and we also talked a little bit about working memory, you can improve kids' short-term memory or working memory because think about it. When they're learning a new kind of math problem and they have to write it down and work it out and then move their answer from one place to another or color in a bubble or whatever they have to do, they have to use short-term memory. And we find kids who are who come from at-risk families or they've experienced trauma or any of those kinds of things, they usually have less working memory than their counterparts that don't have those issues. And it's so easy to build working memory by doing really fun things. Like I used to play this game with the kids and I still coach parents all the time to do this with their kids called add a move. You just do a move like shaking your hands and then the kids shake their hands. You both shake your hands. The kid adds another move, maybe putting their hand on their head. And you do as many moves, you just keep adding one more move until somebody misses and you start again. It makes the class quiet immediately because all of a sudden they have to focus. It gets them from the emotion centers of the brain, no matter how they're feeling, into the thinking centers because they have to start thinking about what movements you're doing. It makes them move so it helps with coordination and it builds their working memory up to 30%. I mean, if you do something like this for 12 days in a row, it can improve their working memory up to 30%. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because we think of all these different things that we can do and, and the answers that you're giving are just so simple that anybody can take the time to do it. One of the things that I dealt with a lot as a principal was kids who were having a meltdown at some point. And um, one of the tricks that I used, Trish, was to have a bouncy ball in my pocket and I would just start bouncing the ball with them. And with one single exception, that worked every single time. And the time that it didn't was because I, the kid was not prepared to, to de-escalate yet. And they were still ramped up and I had escalated them more. And bringing the bouncy ball was like just a, an additional attack on them. It wasn't helpful. But every other time, it absolutely worked because it did those exact same things. It forced them to start thinking. It uh, got their body moving so that they, you know, they were moving and throwing a tantrum, but they weren't moving in the way that was beneficial. It was just a reaction. This way it got them to have some intentional movement that was really valuable for them. 
And, and I love that out of move game. I think that's so, so good. And, you know, you can, you can see changes happen very quickly with kids when you start implementing some of these practices. So the final question I'd like to ask you, Trish, is what is one thing, and you already gave it in the beginning, so you're welcome to give it again. What is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? One thing they can do is just get everybody on board. Just we're going to make our kids' brains work. You're not going to have to do anything to your curriculum, and you're going to get higher scores. And this is how. You're gonna, we're gonna have all the kids drink water first thing in the morning, even if they're bringing their own bottled water or whatever, you know, I don't know how they're doing, especially with COVID coming off of COVID and all that, but have your kids drink a big glass of water and like your principal friend does where they walk around the school or what we did is we had a track at our school. So we, our kids earned sticks for running laps around the track. And they loved that because it was, they could set goals about the sticks. But, you know, if you don't have a track or anywhere they can run around, then have turn on the music on the speaker at the school and have them dance for 10 minutes or, or have them, you know, do some kind of exercise thing where they're doing jumping jacks and have different kids lead it and, you know, different kinds of physical, whatever they do to just get their heart rate up a little bit for 10 minutes. It doesn't take a lot of time and you'll get so much performance, more performance out of them just by having them take a drink of water and get some exercise in the morning. Just, you won't believe the difference. It is like night and day. And at first, you know, your teachers may not want to do it because they're like, oh, we already don't have enough to do. But believe me, things will start so much faster and so much more positive. They'll go, wow, there's, yeah, this, but explain to them it's a brain thing. You know, it's literally how our brains work. Yeah. Well, and what I love about also is that you're also teaching really good habits. Like you're teaching the kids how to self-regulate and how to make better choices, how to, you know, be in control of their bodies, like all that stuff, it's all beneficial. So my challenge to principals listening today is do this for a week and see what happens. You know, it's start of the school year. We're starting fresh. Let's try something new. Let's see what happens. And you know what? If it doesn't work, fine, don't do it. But if it does work, then you've got something real simple that you can start out with that's going to make a real big impact in your school. And if there's somewhere to let let you know, they should let you know too, because let's spread the word because there's yeah. all kinds of science to back this up. I mean, I'm not yes. just coming out up with this because it was my experience i've read lots of studies since yeah. that have proven it over and over yeah so many of my listeners are on twitter give a shout out to me or to trish at jethro jones or at trish t-r-i-s-h wilkinson and we would love to love to hear how it's going love to hear whether or not it's working what differences you see but from my experience not understanding all the brain stuff that you wrote about in brain stages I know that this definitely works. So I'm excited for people to try it. And thank you, Trish, for being part of Transformative Principle today. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. Hey, middle school principals. What if I told you that all your teachers had to do to teach your students really valuable social and emotional competencies was just press play. In Control SEL is a fully automated video curriculum that teachers and students absolutely love. And that's because it's easy. 
and it looks just like a Netflix or a YouTube show. So all you have to do to hear about how it can completely transform your school is schedule your call. Tell us Jethro sent you and you'll get 20% off if you feel like it's a good fit. So go now to www.incontrolsel.com slash strategy call to schedule your call today. The link will be in the show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.